0: Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you here on Wednesday, January the nineteenth. This week we're focusing on the TEAM trial, a phase three randomised trial concerning tamoxifen and exemestane use for the treatment of early breast cancer in postmenopausal women. Earlier I spoke to one of the study authors, Dr Daniel Ree, who is a senior lecturer at the University of Birmingham School of Cancer Studies. Dr Ree, many thanks indeed for talking to the Lancet. You're one of the authors of a very interesting-looking study. This concerns a possible new treatment, I guess, for early breast cancer. Can you, first of all, give some context and, and describe the, the, the drug that's been compared with uh, tamoxifen in this case?
1: The drug that we were looking at in this trial uh, that's different tamoxifen is, a, is a, an aromatase inhibitor called called exemestane. Now, is uh, one of uh, a number of very highly specific aromatase inhibitor drugs which are, have been in widespread use for early breast cancer. There are subtle differences in the way each of these drugs have been used up to now because of the, of the way those drugs have been developed and the licenses that they have. So, at the moment, if you diagnose with early breast cancer, the only drugs that you're licensed to treat with are either tamoxifen or uh, anastrozole or letrozole, which are uh, aromatase inhibitors are structurally slightly different to eczamestane. Now, eczamestane has been shown to be very effective at reducing breast cancer uh, uh, recurrences in patients who've already been on tamoxifen for two to three years. And so it's better than carrying on with tamoxifen. So we now have two competing... We, and the, the trials with letrozole and anastrozole have shown superiority of either of those agents over tamoxifen alone. So we have two competing strategies. You either give an aromatase inhibitor at diagnosis, and you give that for a full five years, or you start patients on tamoxifen and then switch them across to an aromatase inhibitor after two to three years, instead of carrying on with tamoxifen. Both of those strategies are better than being on tamoxifen alone, but it's been quite unclear which of those two strategies uh, is the most appropriate uh, way uh, to move forward, because the original eczemestane trials took patients who were already in remission at two years and, and, and randomized them at that point. What we did in this trial, at, at, at diagnosis, whether you uh, electively try and sequence patients starting on tamoxifen, moving across to eczemastane, or whether you start them on eczemastane right up front. So this was the first trial that looked at eczemastane in comparison to tamoxifen. But it's done this in a, in a, in, against a very, very tough ask. It's been asked against the strategy of switching across to the aromatase inhibitor, after two or three years anyway.
0: Thank you very much indeed. Just go on then and, and talk a little bit more about the, the methodology of, of the study. I mean, first of all, it's, it's an international multi-centre study, isn't it? You might want to comment about that. Yeah.
1: This is an international multi-centre study and it was set up in, in quite an interesting way in that all of the individual countries ran, uh, to a large extent, their own operation. We all had protocols which were, had minor differences just so that uh, individual idiosyncrasies to the way we treat breast cancer could be incorporated into local protocols and we didn't get up. In, end up with uh, sort of international on-passes about how to micromanage the disease we had compatible protocols asking pretty much exactly the same same question and what happened in these in these patients patients who were hormone receptor positive and had completed their surgery for breast cancer were randomly allocated to start tamoxifen with the intention of electively switching them across to tamoxifen after two and a half to three years, or to start exomestane uh, right up front. Now, the trial was was conducted in an open-label fashion, which is different to most of the uh, aromatase inhibitor registration studies. So, in, in some ways, it gives you a little bit more of an idea about what would happen in the real world.
0: Just to clarify, we're talking about a population of postmenopausal women.
1: Aromatase inhibitors are only, are only indicated for postmenopausal women, in premenopausal women. We don't think we don't think aromatase inhibitors uh, will work unless you also uh, induce ovarian suppression. The protocol specified that you would switch somewhere between two and a half and three years across to the aromatase inhibitor, across to exemestane and the patients obviously were already on XMS and just carried straight through. And then we followed these patients up and looked at the uh, uh, the toxicity profile of the two groups and the, uh, the efficacy.
0: Do go on and tell us uh, the main findings.
1: What we found was quite interesting. By the time you get to five years, uh, there's, really, there's really very little difference between the two strategies. Initially, you start to see uh, the curves separate with a few more relapses in the tamoxifen group compared with xmsd but in fact, in our trial, that, that difference didn't reach statistical significance on an intent-to-treat analysis. What that little gain is completely lost after five years, the curves come completely back together again. You end up with no difference between either of those strategies. At the end of the day, you can either choose to give patients tamoxifen to start with and switch them across to an aromatase inhibitor, or you can start them on an aromatase inhibitor at diagnosis, and you end up pretty much in the same place. There are one or two patients who are going to relapse a little bit earlier if they're they're on tamoxifen first, but the bottom line is that it... We, you can afford for most patients to wait and give them exemestane a bit later. When you then look at the toxicity profiles for the two different groups of patients, they are significantly different. We do see different toxicities in the different patient groups.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because obviously wanted to, to mention the toxicity concerns. Just to clarify, the actual overall primary endpoints then of, of survival and relapse rates, there was no difference between the two groups.
1: That's right. Well, in this in this in this report, we're looking at we're looking primarily at the five-year outcome. And that's absolutely right. There's no difference at all in in five-year outcome in terms of disease-free survival or overall survival for either of the strategies. There isn't any long-term penalty to be paid for starting people on tamoxifen and switching them later. So it seems to us that what's what's happening with the aromatase inhibitors is you get a little bit of of a power boost over tamoxifen, but that power boost isn't maintained. So that after two or three years, uh, it sort of runs out of steam. Or you wait uh until you until you've had tamoxifen for two or three years and you then come in with the with 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 a more potent drug. And any relapses that have already occurred, you, you catch up with. And as the aromatase inhibitor seems to run out of, run out of relative efficacy, the two the, the curves come back together again.
0: As far as patients are concerned, and clinicians as well, what, what are the benefits of actually having the aromatase inhibitor from the start or actually switching from okay. Tamoxifen to the it?
1: The simplest thing to do is to go on aromatase inhibitor straight away because then you've just got one drug. You don't need to worry about whether you remember to switch across or you know, you move to another part of the country and somebody's kind of lost control of your endocrine strategy. So the simplest thing is to start on an aromatase inhibitor. The uh, the downside of that is that you get more of the aromatase inhibitor-associated toxic side effects if you do that. We saw more, more problems with patients complaining of arthralgia, We saw more patients developing osteoporosis. We saw more patients suffering from fractures. We also picked up more hypertension in the XMS stain-only group compared with the tamoxifen group. You had to counterbalance that against the uh, tamoxifen associated side effects that we saw in the patients who were on tamoxifen followed by xmsd In that group, we saw more problems with gynecological toxicity, PV discharge, postmenopausal bleeding. We did see a few extra endometrial cancers, although that wasn't statistically significant. It still looks a little bit as if uh, we are seeing more endometrial cancers in the tamoxifen group. We also saw slightly more venous thrombosis problems, and we saw, uh, as have been seen in many other studies, slightly more hot flushes with the Tamoxifen-treated group.
0: Thank you very much. And go back and tell me your thoughts about the subpopulations of women who might benefit from either of the uh, strategies.
1: Yeah, so that's that's quite interesting because I think what this really uh, is is going to be the the, the next publication is that we've, alongside this trial, we collected tumor blocks. And so we have one of the very largest tumor block collections for an aromatase inhibitor study in, in, in the world. And we're going to be able to produce some very interesting data from that. We've already started to to, to analyse those blocks, and we can look at the uh, not just whether you're ER positive or negative, but the the degree to which you're positive or negative. So qu- quantitative hormone receptor expression, and we can also look at other biomarkers such as uh, the expression of HER2 and the. Um, uh, similar um molecules such as her one and her and her three and so we 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 found we found something quite interesting there and we found that the more hormone receptor uh, expression you have, the more uh sensitive you are so you've got a paradox which is that those patients who are hormone receptor positive are likely to relapse a little bit late and uh, and unlikely to relapse early but actually they are they are the ones where you see uh, more sensitivity to the aromatase inhibitor in the long term. And it's the, the group that are most interesting are the progesterone receptor negative patients. So these are patients who've got weak progesterone receptor expression, and those patients have got a poor prognosis, and, are, and, are, and, it's, and that's associated with a high risk of early relapse. What we haven't seen is that aromatase inhibitors make a, a differential difference to the risk of relapse, but because they're at high risk of early relapse, Uh, those patients who perhaps we should be targeting with an aromatase inhibitor up front. The other part of the story here, which which was perhaps unexpected, was that in patients who are HER2-positive, we traditionally associate that with uh, a poor prognosis and a need for more effective aggressive therapy. And actually, we saw in that group that, that, that it really didn't make any difference whether you're on tamoxifen uh, or eczemastane to your risk of early relapse in the first 2.75 years. That's really turned around the uh, the original story that HER2 positive disease needs an aromatase inhibitor. We haven't really shown that, that they benefit from the addition of aromatase inhibitor at diagnosis.
0: Mm, that is interesting, yes. Um, just returning, if you like, to the primary message or messages from from the study and the yeah. fact that there was no overall difference, survival yeah. difference between women who received the aromatase inhibitor throughout the scheduling or those who switched from tamox to it. What does that mean for clinical practice? Does it just mean that oncologists and therefore patients just have another option when it comes to breast cancer management? I
1: think it reassures us that that, that for that for somebody who uh, you'd be rather concerned about some uh, uh, a five-year exposure to an aromatase inhibitor. You're not going to be disadvantaging them hugely by giving them tamoxifen followed by an aromatase inhibitor. Similarly, uh, somebody where you want to avoid gynecological toxicities, an aromatase inhibitor up front is fine. An stain looks like a perfectly reasonable option. You have to then add in uh, the recent data from a Canadian trial called MA27, which is now actually... This is the second trial looking at a aromatase inhibitor given at diagnosis. So that's just been uh, reported in, in abstract form thus far, and that shows that uh, eczamestane and uh, anastrozole uh, have got very similar efficacy, but the toxicity profile is probably slightly in favor of eczamestane rather than anastrozole. The final uh, sort of piece of the jigsaw will come through when the last trial reports, which is actually going to compare the other drug, letrozole, against anastrozole as an upfront strategy, and, and that, that trial will be reporting in the next year or two I would imagine and then we'll have a clear view as to whether there is a winner or whether all of these drugs have very similar efficacy and what we need to be doing is choosing our drug dependent on the the side effect profile rather than efficacy.
0: Indeed yeah it's a very interesting area and we're going to hear a lot more about it as you've just said so Dr Dan Ray on the line from uh, Birmingham in the United Kingdom many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're very welcome. Well many thanks to Daniel Rhee and to you all for listening. See you next time.